So this weekend will mark a major milestone for IEPY students as it is commencement day where thousands of seniors will graduate from their respective schools, earn their diplomas they worked ever so vigorously for, they get to walk together, there might be some fighting for the best photo op locations across campus, meaningful speeches are going to be delivered, etc, etc. But I think the big question that looms on the majority of students' minds at the end of the day is, what now? Where will we go? What will we do? What will become of us? All reasonable questions seniors should ask themselves as they begin the next chapter of their lives. To help ease the tension and think about possible outcomes, one graduating IEPY student will share her thoughts on this topic on this season's final episode of the Learning and Earning Podcast. Happy graduation season, Jaguars. My name is Laura Ryle, your hostess, and thank you for tuning in to what will be the last episode of season four of the Learning and Earning podcast. You might be wondering, well, why is it the last? And well, to answer that question, I'm graduating college. Yay me. I am excited to announce that I will be graduating with a double bachelor's in communication studies and journalism and an associate's in events management. And oh, what a relief it will be to not have to write another essay. Um, However, I will be totally transparent. I have no idea what's to come in this new season of adulthood. And this is why I geared the final podcast topic around seniors and their futures. Because, well, from talking with a lot of my graduating peers, they don't really know either. So to help ease the stress of securing a successful future, reminisce on IEPY memories, and share personal plans, I've invited a wonderful coworker, peer, and friend, Emily Mills, a graduating senior receiving her double bachelor's in communication studies and sociology with an associate associates in global and intercultural studies um, to kind of share more on these topics. So how are you doing today? I'm doing pretty good. Hanging in there. I'm excited for graduation this weekend. Exciting, exciting. I am too. Like we will be completely done after this, at least with our bachelors. So tell me, how does it feel? It feels pretty good. It also feels surreal. Like it's not happening quite yet and I wonder if it's going to take the graduation ceremony for it to finally kind of hit that it's done like I have it we're moving on to the next chapter and you are going to the liberal arts um, graduation ceremony yeah I wanted to do the more intimate one um, especially because it's a lot more convenient for my family um, because my boyfriend's family is coming as well so that's a lot of people to account for so I I wanted something a little more intimate, so the liberal arts one is a better fit. Right, yeah. So touching back on, you know, like it won't really hit you until you actually are there at the ceremony, what do you think you're going to miss most about IEPY? Wow, that's a really hard question. I think it's hard for me to answer because personally my experience with IUPUI was probably a little different um, than what we would consider normal for college given that we had the COVID period. I started college in fall of 2019 and then by spring 2020 we were online and I was doing Zoom University for probably the next year and a half. So when it comes to what I'll miss, I think it's more just the people that I've gotten to know here um, because 
is I have done a lot of student employment experiences, so I've gotten to know a lot of the staff on campus. Uh, so I feel like the people here, that is what I'm going to miss the most because I didn't necessarily participate in any of the traditions here. Like I never went to regatta. I didn't do Jagapalooza. So I think it's really more about just the relationships I've built here. I think that's what I'm really right. going to miss about IUPUI. And that's so interesting you bring it up because I too, um, you know, I started in the fall of 2019 as a freshman and I had like all of these like expectations and plans of like what my college experience was going to be like spring of 2020, that was completely destroyed. And so I felt like the next couple of years was just kind of like everybody was online. Nobody really wanted to interact with each other. And it really wasn't until like, I feel like this year when everybody was just like, okay, we're going to try bringing back as many of these traditions as we can. Everyone's going to try to just act like this is a completely normal year. And that's where I really built a lot of my friendships and like, now it's just like, oh wait, it's gone now. Like I only had one year of that. Yeah, I definitely feel a stronger connection. I think to my majors, I know that sounds weird to say, but like my communication studies capstone in the fall was in person and we met once a month and we all kind of expressed the wish that we wish we would have met more than once a month because like it had been so long since we'd been together and many of us had probably taken communication studies classes online. So that was maybe our first opportunity to get to know other comm studies majors. Mm -hmm. And the same for my sociology capstone in the spring. Like that was sort of the same vibe of like, we've never seen each other in person before, but it's nice to finally make yeah. those connections and connect with people who have similar academic interest mm -hmm. as you. Yeah, and I was in your capstone for communication yes. studies. And I can, I can vouch for that, you know. Mm -hmm. um, I remember there was one individual in my group Group. And we were like really good friends um, fall of freshman year, you know, like in class, like we interacted with each other a lot. And then like, I hadn't seen him until that capstone class. And I was like, wait a minute, like, where did the time go? So uh, it's just, it's just crazy just how fast time flew by. And we had such a different experience. And I feel like, you know, as future seniors are listening to this episode, you know, like they are probably going to have like a very different experience from what we had, you know, and so there's going to be other aspects that they're going to miss. But I think people is mainly the big bulk of it, you know, because people change our, our experiences, our personalities, you know, shape us into the people that we are for sure. And so just through those influences of people or your professional experiences, like the two of us, we work together at the student employment office here on campus. Just looking back at your freshman self, how are you completely different? Um, how have like all of those experiences shaped you into the person that you are now? Well, where do I begin? Because I'm so different than that person I was in fall 2019. And I think it really starts with I mean, first fact is that I was a forensic science major coming into IUPUI, and now I'm studying sociology and communication studies. Uh, wow. So a really big deviation. And it wasn't just that I didn't want to take calculus, which was required for forensic <laughs> science. It was, I was taking a Concepts of Forensic Science course, and it kind of introduced you to forensic science as a career. And I quickly realized that that is not what I wanted to do. Um, and so through my professional experiences with the Office of Student Employment, getting to know professional staff on campus, and, e and even other students who were interested in higher ed as a career, I think really changed who I was from my freshman self to now. And just other little experiences here and there. Mm -hmm. uh, like for example, I did a contest December of 2019, like a speaking contest on campus. And I feel like that was probably the first major step of realizing that like, 
I'm in the college world now. And not only am I in it, but like I'm qualified for it. Like I am worthy of being here. And I think that really helped moving forward in terms of like growing into a more confident professional and speaker. Mm-hmm. Just kind of go a little bit more in depth about um, just some of like your educational and professional experiences. Like you obviously had like that really cool opportunity at that speaking contest. You know, you worked at the student employment office. I'm sure you've had um, other recognitions um, here and there throughout your majors. Tell me a little bit more about that. Yeah, I've done a little bit of everything. It's kind of a running joke that I've, I've done just about everything that university college has to offer. So I was a first year seminar mentor. I think that was fall 2020 maybe. I can't remember exactly, but I was a first year seminar mentor. I did that for a semester. Didn't necessarily enjoy it. Um, okay. It was definitely one of those opportunities where I kind of realized the direction I wanted to go when it comes to higher education. So didn't really enjoy that too much, but definitely learned a lot from it. After that, I pursued a role as a peer advisor at the Office of Academic and Career Development, otherwise known as ACD, and I did really enjoy that role. That experience in particular really helped me when it comes to like those in-person connections we were talking about earlier. That opportunity was in person and I got to really work with a lot of other student employees, which here at the Office of Student Employment, there is that chance, but Oftentimes my own work schedule didn't coincide with other student employees. Mm -hmm. So I never really got to see anybody here. But at ACD, we worked in groups because it's very much like a traditional minimum wage job where there's shifts and there's scheduled times. Mm -hmm. And if you can't show up, you need to get somebody to cover your shift because People are calling asking for help and and students need assistance and things like that. So when it comes to building those in-person office relationships, ACD really helped me to do that. And as much as I kind of liked the work, I also found myself quickly bored by it, which I hate saying that, but I realized that academic advising was just too transactional for me. So that was another experience where I was like, uh, maybe not that part for higher ed or for myself as a professional. And that's when I found my current role that I'm in, which is a program coordinator, which is under the Campus Career and Advising Services. But essentially what I do is execute the sophomore internship program and assist with the Life Health Sciences internship program. And that's kind of where I I found I would say like that perfect spot, that perfect fit, because I realized that I'm really interested in high impact practices in higher education. And I like working with students, but almost in an indirect fashion where I'm helping them find the experiences that are fit for them. I'm helping them in current experiences that they're doing. And I'm doing some of that background work, right? Like Mm -hmm. I'm talking to employers and I'm talking to people on campus about financial aid things, what our students are learning um, and things of that nature. So I think it was when it comes to what I have done personally, it's really been about trying to find that perfect fit and not being afraid to pursue different opportunities to find that fit. Yeah, and it's such a specific niche that you found just through your experimentation with all of these different positions and such, and now you're going on to grad school. Yeah, grad school. Um, That also has not hit either. I don't know if it's because, like, I haven't really heard much from Michigan State since I was accepted into the program and I, like, accepted back. But it's also not hitting that, like, I need to move to East Lansing (laughs) here in a couple months. But yeah, so going to, or at least I will be, attending Michigan State University to study Student Affairs Administration. That's the official title. I think it's like a Master's of Science in that. But it's a two-year program. 
program, and most higher ed programs tend to be between a year and two years. But I'll spend some time up there in the cold, as many people like to remind me, <laughs> uh, learning about student development, particularly how college students develop, learning about higher education administration, and then I'm definitely hoping to take my personal interest in high impact practices there as well. That's awesome. So um, do you have like any kind of like apprenticeship or um, just any kind of like work that you're going to be doing to continue your experience in higher ed? Yeah, so the awesome thing about higher ed programs is that most of the time, which was something I was really looking for when looking for programs, is that they do require an assistantship. And essentially what that is, is it's like an on-campus student employee job where you are working with an office on campus doing work of some sort. So for example, I will be a graduate assistant in leadership and advising, and that is for the residence, education, and housing services division. So that is like equivalent to our residence life and something or other. I can't remember now what it is, but it's it's similar to our residence division here. And so what I'll be doing is basically coaching and guiding the residence hall association at Michigan State. Okay. So it's a little different than what I've done in the past, but it's really similar to what I would say is a student council, which I was a big student council nerd in high school. So it's like coming (laughs) full circle, right? But yeah, so that's what I will be doing up there in conjunction with my classes. So how do you feel like looking ahead in the next five years, let's just say, where do you think you're going to be? That's a great question because I've had people here at IUPUI kind of joke and mention like, well, when you're done at Michigan State, be sure to come back down and we'll have a job for you or something like that. But then at the same time, when I visited Michigan State, a big selling point that they had is that a lot of alumni of their program tend to work at that institution just because of the culture and how it's set up, things Mm -hmm. like that. So I would say probably in the next five years, let's see, I'll finish my program in two years. So that's, I'll probably be an entry level, higher ed professional trying to navigate the professional world. And in terms of where I'll be geographically, I'm not sure Uh, right now, It is tempting to come back to IUPUI because it's what I know. But at the same time, I'm kind of excited to see what Michigan is like. Mm -hmm. Um, I don't think the winters are going to scare me off. I know everyone (laughs) thinks they will. Um, But I don't think the winters are going to scare me off. I think I'll... I might like being at a larger institution like MSU, Mm -hmm. but I think in the next five years, I'm definitely, I am planning to be in my career and whether that be at MSU or IUPUI, I hope that I'm making a difference in students' lives in some capacity. So that's where I think I'll be, no more, no more education, if that's what you're asking. (laughs) Um, Definitely a break, definitely a break in the next five years. Mm Okay, yeah, uh, I can I can say I need the break. Right <laughs> after after four years of just pushing through um, everything that I've been doing, I need the break for sure. Mm-hmm. But what prompted you to want to just jump straight into grad school? It's really the fact that I want a career so badly. Like I know higher ed is for me. This is it. Like there is not going to be anything else for me in life. I just know it in my heart and my soul. And in order to have that, I have to have the master's degree. Mm -hmm. Now, I could go into higher ed and maybe do a master's program part-time, but that option would probably keep me here um, in Indiana. And I haven't 
lived out of states for a while. I've been in Indiana for probably 15 years. Okay. And I just kind of decided that I wanted that change and I wanted the grad school experience because for the same reason I went to college, I wanted the college experience. Right. And now I'm in that place where like, I want to have that cohort. I want to go to an institution and have that assistantship and get to know faculty on a more personal level. In terms of jumping right in, I was half forced uh, just by the fact of how the system is set up, but I half wanted to just because it would give me that opportunity to go to a different place and explore somewhere new, go somewhere where nobody really knows me and kind of start over in that sense. Mm -hmm. So what do you have, like what kind of advice do you have for individuals who are going straight into grad school after graduation this spring? Don't be afraid of that next chapter. I know right now I'm kind of putting off apartment hunting because it's like, it's a big task. That's a lot of adulting right there. (laughs) Um, But I would say just jump head first into it. You'll find that people are pretty friendly. Like right now I'm I'm calling places to see like what their pet policy is and if utilities are included and things like that. And I would say, just go ahead and do it. Make the phone call, send the text, like take those next adulting steps, even though it's hard um, and it might be frightening go for it. Just do it. And hopefully if you're like me, you have a really good support system. Lean on that support system. Don't be afraid to tell them kind of where you're at, what you're thinking. That way they can be there to support you as you make this next transition and you go on to this next chapter. I would say those would be my two biggest pieces of advice. Yes, definitely lean on those um, relationships that you have, like your family, your friends, even like some of like the professional, the relationships that you've had, you know, whether it's like an old advisor or a professor, you know, like I already know that I have a couple professors I can rely on, you know, and the professional working world when it comes to like maybe securing a good job interview Mm -hmm. or putting my foot in the door for the next internship. I know I can rely on those people. Kind of switching gears a little bit. So there are a lot of students who probably are not going to grad school right away or who are probably just not even thinking about it. I can say for myself that I would like to go to grad school one day. I'm just so burnt out. (laughs) I need a break from the papers, the exams, the quizzes, everything. Like, I just want to be able to work a few years and then eventually go back for a master's degree. I'm probably pursuing public relations like I've been studying here. And, but I think a big, big concern for a lot of individuals is what are we going to do for the next few years? You know, I can say for myself, you know, it's like just been job application after job application. I've gotten a couple interview opportunities, which is fantastic. I'm still waiting to hear back on those, but it's like, who knows what's going to happen? You know, Uh, what are your thoughts on that? Yeah, so you're definitely not alone because I found, especially in my sociology capstone, a lot, I mean, sociology itself, it is a career, but it doesn't translate well. So you can be like a researcher in sociology and you can be a professor in sociology, but those next steps do take extra work. And a lot of sociology majors go on to be social workers, but to be a social worker, you really need to have that master's. So graduate school is really unavoidable. And I found that a lot of students in my sociology capstone had mentioned or expressed the need that they wanted to take that gap year or a two-year gap year. Like they needed that break. And I would say for those seniors who 
are graduating and they're taking that gap year, do what you're doing right now. Try to mm-hmm. get some other opportunities, whether it's still here at IUPUI, maybe with some faculty that you've talked to before, or getting a job in something that's relevant to what you're interested in doing. I would say that would probably be the best next step, right? And plus mm-hmm. you have to work for something, right? Like pay is needed. We need to be paid. Yes. Uh, so definitely do not do those unpaid internships. Going for those opportunities, I would say in that gap year. And personally for me, if I had the opportunity to take a gap year, I think I probably would work and hopefully do a little traveling. I'm not a big like abroad person, mm-hmm. but you know, going somewhere nearby, just taking that break, I think is more kind of what I look for personally when I travel. Taking that break, doing some self-care, but also Mm -hmm. trying to get those opportunities so when you do apply to graduate school, you don't have that sort of awkward gap, which right now I think schools are being a little more flexible about those gap years, but having some extra experience can't hurt. Mm -hmm. Um, It certainly will help when you move on. And then for those who are not quite graduating yet, but they're considering graduate school, do a Google search. Take a look around. Talk to your career services office or even people here at IUPUI who are part of the graduate school process. For example, my capstone professor is director of the graduate program for sociology. Um, Chat with those people. They're more than happy to talk with you about what graduate school is like, what the program is like, what you would be doing, maybe what courses you would be taking in those few years. So don't be afraid to do a little research. I know when I realized that higher ed was my passion, like spring of my freshman year, I immediately wanted to look into grad schools and people were like no no like you don't need to do that yet it's too soon Mm -hmm. I don't think it's too soon it's never too soon to consider that next step go ahead take a look around see if you want to do it here at IUPUI or a different institution but a google search can never hurt talking to all of your different resources utilizing all the different resources on this campus on other various campuses so to kind of um, tag along with that another question what kind of materials do individuals need to have at the ready for grad school? I know it's a little bit of a lengthy process, so kind of share your experience with the application process there. Yeah, disclaimer, I'm a first-gen student, and so going to college itself was like, like my mom had no idea how to help me. That was all on me. And so now my younger sister is going to IUPUI now, and so she's coming to me with all of these questions. (laughs) And it's like, man, it would have been nice if I had a me back in 2019, Mm -hmm. right? But it was sort of that same process with grad school as well because I didn't have anybody at least in my family that I could talk to about like how do you even do this but in talking with professional staff that I knew through like the office of student employment or even in my current role as a program coordinator they had done graduate school programs for higher ed so they kind of understood the fact that for one not all higher ed programs require the same either the same materials or the same amount of materials across the board for any discipline you're probably going to need letters of recommendation. You've probably heard that dropped in for since like freshman year of like build relationships with your professor so you can get that letter of rec. Now is the time when you need those. Yes. Um, and so like I had one program I was applying for that required four 
but Michigan State only required two. So definitely having some contacts in mind in terms of like who could write you a recommendation letter and also maybe having a variety of contacts. Mm -hmm. So a lot of my programs had specified that they wanted, for example, two um, higher ed professionals to write a recommendation letter and then two faculty members to write a recommendation letter. So just being prepared to ask different people for a letter of rec. Don't be afraid to ask for multiple um, if you're applying to multiple programs. So that's one material you need. A second material, which I'm very passionate about, is a resume. <laughs> uh, so I had that one in the bag. Um, when I saw that on the list, I was like, done. Don't worry about it. I got that part. That was probably the easiest part for me, but I know that others probably struggle with that. So making sure that you're continuously updating your resume. You know, mm -hmm. if you're listening to this and you're a freshman or a sophomore, making sure you have a good starting point. Yeah. But if you're a junior or senior, <laughs> definitely visit your career services go visit employment.iupui.edu to see what resources we have online and get a good resume. Build a resume that really demonstrates and markets who you are as a candidate because that's what these grad schools are looking for. They're looking to see what you've done both academically and professionally. So a resume is one. And then I think the third most popular is just a personal statement, which me as a first gen student, like that was the biggest hump I would say, because mm -hmm. I had, I had no idea what that was. Like when you're applying to college, it's just like an essay, right? Like you just need yeah. to write a college essay to get in. But for grad school, it has an official name, um, <laughs> which was kind of intimidating. But looking at Purdue Al, they do have some advice on how to write a personal statement. I actually visited the graduate office here at IUPUI that supports students who are looking into graduate school. Um, okay. They had something called a boot camp and it was online. Thank God. Um, it was online. <laughs> I went on Zoom. I submitted my personal statement for MSU ahead of time and I got to meet with a faculty member and they looked over my personal statement and gave me advice of like, awesome. you need to be more concise here or something that I had missed personally when I was writing my statements was saying specifically why I wanted MSU as an institution. Why did I want to go to MSU rather than why did I want to go to that program? There is a difference. That's what I learned in that uh, hmm. session. So I talked about, you know, the difference between MSU and IUPUI. MSU is a Big Ten university. I want that experience. And so having that in my personal statements might have helped me get in. Yeah. Uh, I'll never know uh, specifically, but a personal statement would be that third material that you would need. Mm -hmm. um, and then, you know, another one-off thing that you might need that doesn't really take much work is just a transcript. So I would say those are probably the four. Um, oh, I mean, it's not a material, but you might have to do an interview. Okay. Um, it, to even get into the program. MSU is different to where you didn't have to do an interview and you don't even need an assistantship to be in the program. Um, you can just be in the program if you're offered. But for other programs like Bowling Green State University, I would have had to get an assistantship. So I would have had to do assistantship interviews to be in the program. Gotcha. So there's some differences there, but those would be the materials and the steps that you would need to take. And so gotta ask, how is this very different from a job application, oh, you know, for those who aren't going into <laughs> grad school? You know, I mean, obviously the resume is the big one, mm -hmm. just making sure that it's consistently updated. Like, I will back you up on that. Like, you need to have a good resume. Please no templates. That's Please. like the big pet peeve here at the mm -hmm. Office of Student Employment that a lot of people think is okay to have. And a lot of websites will tell you it's okay to have. Don't use a template. Mm -hmm. I, I promise you a Word document with 
just the text is okay. (laughs) You know, as long as it's organized, of course. Mm -hmm. But, you know, it doesn't have to be fancy. But resume, obviously. Mm -hmm. Um, Some jobs like a transcript, you know, just to back up the the claim that you went to school. Mm -hmm. uh, You know, just to see, like, what you did study. What Maybe if they are concerned about your GPA. Personal statement is more so a cover letter. What else? Tell me a little bit more. Yeah, so that was probably the main things I was going to mention. And then I think another difference is instead of letters of recommendation for grad school, you rather have references for jobs. And typically what an employer wants for references, don't put them on your resume. When an employer asks for references, they typically have a space for you to do so on the application. Mm -hmm. Or you would submit them attached to your resume on a separate document with the references name, number, and email address. Mm -hmm. And of course, like you would for a letter of rec, you need to ask your reference if they can be a reference for you. Tell them about the job real quickly. They don't need to know the gory details, but just let them know or ask them rather that you would like to use them as a reference to kind of vouch for you on this job. Because if they get a call from an employer and they're like, hey, I heard that so-and-so worked for you and they're applying to this job and I'd like to learn more about them. Even though people are pretty nice around here and they might just like go ahead and do it, there are some people who will be like, hey, this person didn't ask me to be a reference and I don't feel comfortable speaking on that. So kind of another adulting step there. Make sure you have mm-hmm. some references ready. But I think for job apps, that's those are the big things. Having some references ready, a resume, a cover letter, and then just being prepared for the interview because a good job will ask you for an interview. You should want to do the interview. That's another thing. <laughs> yeah. Because so often people think that interviews are just the employer like examining you under a microscope. But like you get the opportunity to Mm -hmm. as well because you want to make sure that you're a good fit there too exactly Um, so making sure that you have some quality questions prepared at the end to ask the employer Mm -hmm. is just so important so I think those are kind of the big things that you would need for a job Mm -hmm. application I can't really think of anything else yeah yeah I think you pretty much touched up on everything and going back to the interview thing I just do have one thing to add there if they give you the option of zoom or in person I personally would take the in-person option because they are getting to know your personality Mm -hmm. and by you actually showing up, having the motivation to personally show up to Mm -hmm. meet the individuals, it shows initiative. It shows that you really want the position. So don't take that Zoom option. It might seem more convenient and easier for you, but it might set like a bad like a bad example a bad first impression mm-hmm. onto that employer you know and some might not even care but I personally I think if I were in that employer position mm-hmm. I would care a little bit more yeah and I mean we're calm studies majors so we understand that when it comes to things like body language and tone mm-hmm. those things just do not translate as well over zoom than they do in person so kind of piggybacking off what you had mentioned about they get to know you better in person they see more of your personality that is totally part of it too is that they because I like to talk with my hands a lot or (laughs) I like to make sort of like witty sarcastic comments and those do not come off as good um, (laughs) over zoom compared to in person like I often wonder if I would have gotten a different assistantship placement if my assistantship interviews were online because they were all over Zoom. So it there is a big difference there. I, I totally agree with you that in-person is the way to go. So we are running a little bit out of time, but I do want to touch briefly on one other topic. And it's just in general, whether students are going straight to grad 
prep school or are not going straight to grad school. Mental health is a very, very big, important topic for myself and a lot of students. And, you know, a lot of students probably feel burnt out at this time from just finishing a pretty rough, grueling semester, their final semester. What are just some quick um, little tips, advice that you have to those who might just be feeling a little overwhelmed with just all the applications that they're going to have to make for the next steps in their life? Oh, wow. Stay organized. I think that helped my stress level and my mental health so much when I was in that process. I mean, if you're graduating, you're probably moving on to some sort of next step and you need to be organized for that, whether that be moving to the next place, whether that's changing apartments or Mm -hmm. houses or whatever, or you're applying to different jobs or you're applying to different graduate schools. I had an Excel sheet with every graduate school I was applying to. Well, first it was every graduate school I was interested in and then narrowing it down to what I was applying to and then narrowing it further down to like what I needed for those specific things. So I think staying organized is a big thing just so you can keep track of things and that will help with some of that mental load, which kind of contributes to the burnout. But another thing and you know, I'm not the best one to speak on this because I often don't do it myself, but just taking a couple moments for self-care, whatever that might look like. For me, it's usually like playing Animal Crossing uh, or (laughs) like making a bracelet. I like to make like those little friendship bracelets every now and then. Um, So just doing something that you enjoy for a little bit because, you know, yeah, taking a break to do some housework is nice, but it's not exactly like that self-care that we're talking about. But I think between staying organized and just taking those little moments, even if it's just for like a half hour to yourself doing something fun. I think those two things can help with sort of the burnouts and making sure you're staying on track for those next steps. And it, it kind of reminds me of a conversation that my first year seminar um, <laughs> professor, not the advisor, but the professor, Janice Countryman, one of the most amazing individuals on the IUPUI campus. She taught my class something really important that I have kind of stuck in my mind. Um, She was talking exactly about this, about mental health, the stigma around it, you know, Mm -hmm. how a lot of people think it's kind of like a taboo topic, but at the same time, like, it's important to address. It's like, it's like a very weird kind of conversation. But one thing that she talked about that I have carried with me to this day is that procrastination is okay as long as you play it right. There you go. And so she kind of taught us, um, me and my class, about it's good to kind of plan your schedule strategically where you do important assignments for like an hour and then you mm-hmm. spend the next hour watching your favorite show or how you said making a friendship bracelet me personally i love to just sit and listen to music or go run to the gym really quick you know doing something that is easing to your mind and then going back and doing another hour of that work you know so just kind of teeter-tottering back and forth between doing something fun and doing something important that needs to get done and she said that if you do it just like that you are procrastinating but in a professional way and to me I just have always thought that was such genius advice because I've always felt like you know procrastination is such like a horrible thing Mm -hmm. you know like you can't do that or else like you're like unsuccessful and you're never gonna get anything done that just that like reminded me of that yeah and I definitely think I'll take that moving forward to grad school because I'm in my undergrad and it certainly gave me A's but it was not good for my mental health I always told people well there's always homework to do 
there's always something I can do every night. And so I, I would spend like three hours a night just working on different assignments and different papers coming up. And yeah, it gets things done. And it, like I said, it gave me all A's, but it certainly probably was not the best route in terms of taking care of myself. Mm -hmm. um, and I think if I had done something more like that, I would have been a lot happier. <laughs> mm -hmm. Yeah. Well, we are just about out of time, but I do have to ask, do you have any final words that you want to share to the IEPUI student body before you embark on your next chapter of your life? I would say good luck. Don't take those activities or those traditions for granted. You know, do one every now and then. You don't have to go to regatta every year, but you should probably go once. Don't be like me. Um, <laughs> and just have fun with it. Like I said, I probably stressed myself out way too much, but make sure that you're taking that time to have a little bit of fun having a little bit of self-care and it's all going to fall into place. Well, thank you so much, Emily, thank for, you for having me. stopping by. And I just want to say thank you so much to all of you listeners out there for um, taking the time to listen to all of these set of podcast episodes. Continue staying in touch with the Student Employment Office through our social media channels. And obviously stay tuned for the next season of the Learning and Earning Podcast. I unfortunately will not be the podcast hostess anymore because because I am graduating, yippee. But I am sure that the um, next person that picks up the torch is going to be a fantastic host or hostess. And for one last time, IEPY Jags, stay groovy. for tuning in to the Learning and Earning Podcast today. If you've not done so already, be sure to follow the Office of Student Employment's official Instagram, Jobs for Jags, and always stay up to date on our latest announcements, events, podcast episodes, and so much more, either on our socials or on our website. Thanks for tuning in, and as always, stay groovy, Jags.